0: Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you're not a malicious soul, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by N.M.Kade. The time the airline I worked for lost thousands because they didn't want to pay me $10.50. So the year before COVID hit the US, I started working for one of the major airlines at my local airport as a baggage handler. I absolutely loved the job. I just enjoyed being around planes from the ground level. When I started, there were no full-time positions available, so I was working part-time, six-hour nights, five times a week. The way it usually works is each gate has a lead, the person with extra training to do the load planning, and scanning and towing the planes to the runway, as well as guiding them in, and a few baggage handlers. Now, I'd only been there a few months, but I was working my butt off and showing that I was a team player. I decided I was going to try to become a lead, even though they usually want you to work a year or so as a handler first. I was confident and ended up passing the training course with ease. The problem was they had no availability for more leads, so I was put into what was basically an on-call lead kinda thing where they could upgrade me for the day if they needed more leads. Now whenever they upgrade you to lead, even if it's for a single flight, they have to pay you the extra $1.75 an hour leads get for your whole shift. Remember, I work 6-hour days, so $10.50 is the cost to make me a lead for my shift. Now, for a few months, everything was great. I was a part-time baggage handler, but I was working as a lead for my whole shift, every shift, and I was loving every second of it. Something about towing huge planes full of people to the runway was just awesome to me. Enter everyone's favorite virus, good old COVID-19. Within months, the airline industry is tanking pretty hard as nobody wants to travel and get stuck somewhere. Supervisors are being told to cut costs everywhere they can, which makes sense given the circumstances. Cue up the night of my malicious compliance. It's maybe 11pm and I'm on till 1am. Supervisors have sent a large chunk of the workers home, and those of us left are being sent all over the airport to cover the flights we do still have coming. I get a call from the office that assigns your flights, and I'm told to go grab a box and a walkie, the stuff needed to plug into the plane to talk to the flight deck. They tell me head to the gate, the flight's landing in 5, and I just put in my request for lead. When asked to be a lead, you put it on the company app, and a supervisor approves your pay raise for the day. I get to my gate, check the load coming off the plane, brief the handlers on what's coming down, and we all get to our spots to bring the plane in. I see the plane coming down the lane to my gate and at the same time, my zone supervisor drives up to my gate and asks me to come over. He then tells me something along the lines of, hey man, we can't upgrade you to lead right now, we just can't swing that extra expense right now. I respond with, okay, so who's going to bring this plane in? Nobody else on the gate is lead trained and supervisors aren't allowed to do any of our work because of the union rules. He then tells me he's going to find another lead to bring it in and to just assist him when he arrives. So I'm like, sure, whatever. Now it's important to note that planes have very tight metrics for how long it can take to bring a flight in, unload, and reload for the next flight. The flight pulls up to the edge of my gate and comes to a stop as there's no lead there guiding them in. So the flight just sits there waiting and the entire gate crew are also just standing around waiting. 20 minutes go by, and my radio I still have on me goes off, and the office is pissed. They want to know why the heck I'm holding the flight short and not bringing it in, to which I obviously reply with, What do you mean? Ex-supervisor told me they couldn't afford to pay me for lead work today, and that he would find someone else. He then asks if I can just bring it in for him, and I said, Sorry, but if you're not willing to pay me to do the lead work, then I'm only going to do the handler work I'm being paid for. As it turns out, they sent too many leads home this night and the ones they did have were all busy on flights already. After about 45 minutes, a lead from two terminals over finally strolls up and we're able to unload the planes as usual, but that 45 minutes the plane sat at all at the gate cost thousands in extra fuel plus OT for flight attendants forced into mandatory overtime from the situation. Not to mention all the passengers who were pissed off from the extra weight, who were all comps and credits with the airline for the trouble. I also come to find out that the supervisor's bonus were based on flight turn time and this 45 minute short hold probably cost him his bonus and a write up. So basically the TLDR, his supervisor didn't want to pay me the 1050 for me to be a lead for the day and instead cost the airline thousands on a heavily delayed plane at the gate and probably his yearly bonus that all could have been avoided by just paying me the extra $1.75 per hour for my 6 hour shift. When placed in pressureful situations like this where like, you know there's a plane full of people and attendants that need to be brought in and people are waiting to just get off the plane, Would you cave and do the work under that pressure? Or would you hold out and try to make sure that you get paid adequately? Let me know how you would feel in that situation in the comments down below. Our next story is by LexB777. Don't want my crew to eat well? Fine, I'll make you pay even more so they can eat like royalty the whole week. I own a small video production company. There's one simple rule to keep morale high on set. Feed your people well. We had a fairly big project coming up. Instead of the usual 3-4 to four crew members, it was going to take 17 crew members. We submitted an itemized budget to our client for them to review. We usually allot $15 for breakfast, $20 for lunch, and $30 for dinner. I know that may seem high, but sometimes these shooting days can consistently run for 10-12 to 12 plus hours. It's incredibly important to keep people fed well, to keep crew morale high throughout the shoot. Meals are short, but planned events in the schedule, not unpaid breaks, and if all you have to look forward to is crappy sandwiches during a long and demanding shift, the collective efficiency begins to fall by day two. I've worked on many sets like that, including ones with no meals, and it sucks. I never want to do that to any of my crew members. Good food is the least you can do. So we send the budget to the client, and all heck breaks loose on a couple of levels, They decide they want something a little more for the set, but they also don't want to have to hire more crew or shoot for more days, as that would balloon the cost. It was still within the scope of what we could do, and it was an exciting project. The problem was, they wanted to help offset the potential cost of the extra art direction by reducing the rate for the crew and the meal costs. I've already offered the crew these positions for the day rates they requested, and I'm not budging on that. I don't want cheap, I want good. And if they want cheap but not good, then they can go somewhere else. Over an 8 day shoot, the total for $65 per person per day was almost $9,000 total. They wanted to reduce it to $4,000. Get the freak out, you're talking bare minimum for that many people. I called the client and explained that it was very important to not take away from that part of the budget, but they won't budge. I don't even spend that much for food on vacation. Okay, well, this isn't a vacation and you're not the one working a physically and mentally demanding 12-hour shift every day for over a week in a different city. Then I have a devious idea. The film industry has lots of jargon that doesn't always make sense at face value. Things like stinger means an extension cord, a C-47 is a clothespin, and a Texas apple box means a specially made wooden box laid down on its largest side. So I comply maliciously by saying, okay, as I've said, it's very important to keep the meal budget as it is. But I think I can get it down to $6,000 or so. They eventually agree to it. Thank you. Then, on a completely unrelated note, of course, I talk about the art direction. Now, unfortunately, it may still cost a little more than before because with the new style, The art department is going to need the craft services budget increased from 3k to 6.5k. I know it's not cheap, but they'll be able to make exactly what you're looking for. That kind of style is very high in demand, so those materials are pretty expensive to get. Also the shipping for the extra craft services supplies are going to cost a few hundred. Also the extra construction for craft services will cost a few hundred. We chat about options, but they accept it. They are paying more, but they still saved money and got what they want. Here's the thing though, craft services has nothing to do with the art department. That's the snacks and drinks available on set throughout the day and the people who prepare them. The art department did need that budget increased because of the smaller meal budget. Just so happens that all the other departments did too. The style they were asking for was in high demand, but didn't actually cost that much more. Craft Services ended up equipped with breakfast sandwiches, donuts, coffee, protein bars, fruit, and many other snacks for breakfast. Various forms of catering from local pizza, Italian, Mexican, and Americana restaurants for lunch that happened to appear at Craft Services for serving. Desserts, expensive charcuterie boards, deluxe trail mixes, veggie platters, and lots of sparkling waters, bottled Starbucks, lemonades, and about a dozen other kinds of drinks throughout the day in nearly unlimited supply. I can't list everything, but it was much more than we usually supplied, including full meals. I let the crew know the situation and that breakfast and lunch would be served at craft services with appropriate break times. Then I let them know that the limit for dinner each night would now be $50 and would be after we wrapped each day. Oh heck yes. Some days, some people were tired and just wanted to go to sleep after the shoot. No problem. Your meal budget rolls over indefinitely. By the time the shoot was finished, we'd been to many of the nicer restaurants in the area. By the final night, it was a blowout. Almost everyone had a decent budget rolled over due to the occasional fast food dinner The average bill with fancy drinks, appetizers, and to-go orders was well over $100 per person. My company still profited plenty, and all of those crew members are still happy and even prioritizing working on our projects. Being well-fed and well-paid on a set is the kind of thing that's not forgotten in this industry. It's not a waste, it's an investment. I mean, I definitely agree heavily with OP. You treat people, like, remarkably well. And chances are, they're not only going to be like more loyal, but they're probably going to work hard for you, or at least you have a greater chance of getting good work out of them. And our final story of the day is by Public Pressure 4516 At will employment cuts both ways, sister. A few years ago, my husband was laid off at the start of summer. I had a part-time gig as a teacher, but it didn't come with benefits. I had to take a job, any job, to provide health insurance while hubby looked for a new gig. I got a job as a teller at a bank. I tried, but was new to keeping a till, so a few times a week my register wouldn't balance. Never very much money, under a few dollars, but the whole staff had to stay late until we straightened it out. I felt horrible for the rest of the staff. As if that shame wasn't bad enough, my supervisor Mel would remind me that I worked at will, and they could fire me at any time. Our family's health insurance going up in smoke was terrifying to me. Sometimes it was hard to hold back tears. I got better as the summer went on, but every few weeks, if I would make a mistake, Mel would smile as she warned me that, you can be fired for no cause and you'd have to leave immediately. It was so fantastically over the top. At one point, I pointed out that constant threats didn't create a healthy environment. Her smile only broadened. It goes both ways. You can quit at any time, you know. When the school year started in the fall, I needed to take my daughter to tour her new school for her first day. I asked to take my lunch in the afternoon so I could help my daughter. Though they approved it, when it came time for my lunch, they insisted I work through my lunch because they were being slammed. By then, Hubs had found a job with insurance and, even better, I had been offered more hours teaching, though still not full-time. It was enough. The next day, I practically floated into the bank. I waited until 10 a.m., then told Mel I needed to talk with her. She replied that she was very busy and would have to wait until after we closed. Oh, I won't be here then, I said. She looked like I'd smacked her with a brick. What? I smiled. Remember that I needed to bring my daughter to her new school yesterday? You wouldn't let me do that. So I'm doing it this afternoon. She didn't get it at all. You can't just take an hour off when you... I had to interrupt. I'm not taking an hour off. I'm leaving for good at noon. You kept reminding me that I work at will. Thanks for those reminders. I'm leaving for good in two hours. While Mel fumed, I waited on customers. I practically sang my greetings to them and was so freaking cheerful, customers kept asking me why I was so happy. I was delighted to tell them, because I'm leaving forever at noon. After a half hour of that, Mel thought I should just go right away, and I did. I freaking skipped right out the door, then gave Mel a very elaborate curtsy at the door. I can only imagine one of the most satisfying things is when you're working at a place like this with a terrible manager, being able to quit, leave them shorthanded like that, and you're right at the door, maybe give them a salute, maybe give them the a different kind of hand gesture, either way, doesn't matter, you don't work there anymore. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today.